Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the 1,456th episode on Purpose Kingdom Network. I am your girl, Adrian Misunderstandings Allen, and as always, I take great pleasure in welcoming you to D-Block Church. Did did y'all hear that it was the 1,456? Like one, four, five, six. I'm sorry. You know me, numbers, sequential. It's like, I, I do it safe. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Today, first off the bat, I just want to say welcome, 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 because we got some new things going on. We got some new countries listening in, tuning in. I mean, welcome, China. Welcome, Brazil. Welcome, Poland, and welcome, Austria. This is Purpose Kingdom Network, and you are listening to D-Block Church. This is for the whosoever wills. And don't don't let me forget, we got Russia back, y'all. We got Russia back listening, and we are proud to know that you are here and being connected. No matter what, no matter where, if there's a will, there's a way, and God is that way. So if you have a way to get in contact with us and you would like to dial in live tonight, the number to call in is 319-527-6091. Again, that number is 319-527-6091. Now tonight, D-Block, we got a special guest. And y'all know how I am about guests. Because everybody want to come to the block, but everybody can't come to the block. Because sometimes you need to be on the block in a different capacity, and then sometimes you need to be able to tell the block, stop, hold up, the block is hot, we need to fix this, we need to sit, let's sit down and have conversations. So tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I have a brother on the line with me this evening who, when I tell you I heard his story, and it stuck me. He said some things, and it left me thinking about some things. He made me look at myself and say, okay, A, what can we do different today? And I thought, who else better to say anything about himself but himself himself? So I want to invite and introduce you all to Mr. John Calloway. John, Mm. are you there this evening? Yes, ma'am. I'm here. Well, first and foremost, I want to say what up, what up, what up. This is that. That is the grand welcome at D-Block Church. If we love you, we say what up, what up, what up. If we don't know you, we just say what's up, bro? What's going on? How are you? And uh, talk to us. Tell us what you want. Tell us what you need so we can hurry up and get you on over out of here so we can do what we need to do as the people that we call the whosoever wills, you know, the ones that's out here really, really fighting this thing and really out here in the trenches for God. Mm-hmm. So I want you to be able to feel right at home with the people. But tell right. them a little bit about yourself. Let them know who you are. Let them know why they should be listening to you and why it's a good thing to maybe take heed to some of the things that we're about to drop down today. Okay. Well, uh, my name, as you know, my name is John Calloway uh, from Chicago, Illinois. And um, I'm here tonight speaking on... Uh, some of my life experiences as uh, a young African-American who once uh, took a trip to Thailand and ended up taking a long vacation. In other words, uh, I took a trip there to uh, bring some drugs back to America, and I ended up being caught and incarcerated, uh, faced with a 40-year sentence, uh, while I was there, and I ended up spending nearly five years there before 
I actually had the opportunity to transfer back to the United States, of which they said that we would never, ever return to the United States. But by the grace of God, we were able to overcome these things. And uh, through a group of people were nice enough I don't know if I missed you, but you said I heard you say a group of people that was nice enough, and it sounded like they were nice enough to care, enough to want to look into somebody's situation and say, how is it that we can get these people from over there to over here because on American soil? John, are you there? We might have lost him because you know how that is, D-Block. You know how Block Talk does us. But unfortunately, what we don't do is stop because we know how to say, now, wait a second. We actually control the atmosphere. So what we will say is that when Mr. Calloway does come back, if he does, just let me know and we can bring him right on in. Um, that way, we understand that he understands that everybody was still listening and we are holding on because if y'all didn't hear what he said was he went and took a trip. He might not have been doing what he needed to be doing on the trip and then he got caught in the trip. So getting caught in the trip allowed him to then have to spend a long time in down Am in, I back? in the Yes, you are. Great. And I'll tell you, did you hear that you cut off or were you still talking? Because sometimes, you know, blog talk has a way of like just playing with you and just letting you keep on talking and nobody knows you're there. You don't know nobody's there. (laughs) But yes, you were right at Thailand. You were right at Thailand and you were telling them about how you were, you got a 40 year sentence, but there were some great people that did something. Yeah, there were some great people that were there uh, that uh, had came down. I think it was some dignitaries from the states, and they originally um, had came down to um, to see the ladies, the women at the women's prison. And um, what happened was uh, they saw the conditions that the women were going through, and some good people decided that, hey, we have to do something about this. We can't uh, just sit back and allow this to happen. Uh, we have to try to do something to get our, to get the Americans back home close, you know, to their loved ones. But uh, the thing was we all had a big hurdle to uh, get over as, at the time, Senator Jesse Helms uh, from North Carolina had uh, established a, what they call a, a kilo clause. And what that was is that anybody that had got arrested in Thailand with more than one kilo were never eligible to return to the United States. So never even eligible. though, right, it was it was actually a, uh, a clause attached to the treaty with Thailand that if you got caught with more than one kilo, that you were never eligible to return to the United States. Uh, wow. Was... I just want you to, just in case the people are just joining us, because I do know that i just seen some Facebook clive comes up. So I want you to know we are in the middle of talking to John Calloway. He is joining D Black Church on Purpose Kingdom Network for our 1,456th episode. And what he is doing is he is basically setting the mark and explaining why and how he became John Calloway, and he is in the process of just going through the fact that he was sentenced for 40, and now he's just telling us about these great people that really cared enough to really fight for them to get back to the American soil. So how did it all work out? What did you learn while you were in that prison? Anything anything that you would say to somebody right now? What did you take home with you? Wow. so many things. I can tell you one thing. Um, uh, I definitely appreciate my my liberty and my freedom. I definitely appreciate that with 100. Uh, percent But one of the things that I learned is that you know a lot of times people feel as if when they're going through changes, uh, the different changes in life, and they feel that they cannot make it, or something that I hear all the time uh, by a lot of people, oh, my God, you know, I, I could just die, you know, you know, I can't, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it. And one of the things I found out is that 
people are, are, are more resilient than they give themselves credit for. And oh, yeah. you, you would be surprised what you could survive through just putting your mind to it. I mean, I, I had never been abroad, never been abroad in prison before, but I had no idea that I, that I had what it took to survive something like that. And to get through that, now I feel as though uh, that I could deal with anything without a problem, that there's nothing that I can't handle or deal with at all. I like that. Now, I got a question for you. Right in that, in that moment where you can say that, being in the situation, how many people looked at it and never were able to get over the fact that you did something wrong? Were there people that, like, you know how people do things wrong, but then people are able to come back from it? They are. Like, God gives everyone a second chance. We, hell, he gives a lot of a third, fourth, fifth, the sixth, the twenty, the hundred thousand, you know. He gives you chances. Why is it that sometimes it seems as if certain sentences you just can't come back from? Mm. Well, you know, you, you got some people, uh, some folks, um, they they don't give themselves a chance. They don't feel worthy of having another chance. Uh, my I had a gung-ho attitude from the get-go because, sure, I had my share of people that were looking down upon me and saying, oh, you're a convict now and you're going to be back, you know, you're going to be back in prison and all of these types of things. But I, I didn't let any of that get into my mindset or my psyche. I, I, I would tell people, hey, don't, don't push your subliminal messages, messages off on me and because I said I don't believe that. Just like when they said that we were never eligible to return to the United States, I was like, I don't believe that. You know, I refuse to believe that. I'm like, no. I like that's what you all are saying. I said, but I'm going back to the house. I'm going back to Chicago. I never allowed at, at, at no time when they said that to be my truth. That wasn't my truth, and I'm like, no, I'm not believing that. So when I got out, sure, I had I had a slew of people saying the same things, but I had built built my mindset up pretty strong uh, before I got out because. Uh, as as I was there, I was reading the autobiography uh, of uh, Don King by Alex Haley, and a lot of people don't okay. know that Don okay. King, the, the, fa- the famous boxing promoter, was in prison for manslaughter. And I, when he got to the prison, he made a statement. He said, I am not going to serve this time. This time is going to serve me. And I right. adopted that same thought and feeling that this time is going to serve me. So during that whole time that I was in Thailand, I had made up my mind that I'm not returning back to the States the same man as I was when I came here. So when I got back, my mind was already built up uh, against any negativity or any naysayers or any of the talk about going back to prison. I was pretty firm on what I wanted to do, where I was going, and how I was going to do it. And one of the things I made up my mind is not to listen to the negativity from anybody. I just was not tolerating it. Well, I like that, and believe it or not, a lot. I think that the, a lot of us have decided that they are just not tolerating negativity. Like people are making conscious decisions to be like, if you're toxic, I'm not dealing with you. If you are something else, I'm not dealing with you. It kind of runs into the topic for the day. Like, when is enough enough? Like. When was there or was there a moment? Okay, because you said you said you were you were going to Thailand to bring drugs back. So was that the first mm-hmm. time you had done that? Or, you know, was was this something that you did on a regular? No, that, that was the first that was the first time that was my excuse the noise. That was it's my okay. first trip. And um the first try, wow. the first time, <laughs> I got caught. Oh, yeah. God and, let you uh, know right then. God let you know right then. See, that's what I'm talking about. When we say God got goons, they don't understand what it means to get taken from where you was at, thinking that you were supposed to be doing something, and God said, child, you just don't know who you are. 
You just don't know how good you got it. You just don't know how much I got my hands on you. You just might as well go on with yourself, tag. See? Mm-hmm. But and that's that's go ahead. I was gonna say, out of all of that, when I say enough is enough, was there a moment in the prison where you had an enough is enough moment in the prison, or did it happen before the prison, or did it happen after the prison, or like when did it happen for you? Because I know there's got to be a moment in your life where you just like. Enough is enough. Because now it's like um, you you can hear it in your voice that you are not a criminal in any shape of a fashion. Like you're not locked up anymore. You know how sometimes you can be out of jail but still be incarcerated in your mind? You are not locked up. So when was your enough is enough moment? Well, let's see. And... I, I, you know, when I was in Thailand, surprisingly, uh, I never got that mindset of um, uh, I never let myself be locked up in my mind. I mean, from the time I got there, um, I remember um, I got into when I first uh, they could, you know, first of all. While in Thailand, they nicknamed me Balao. And Balao in Thai means crazy. Um, I had made up in my mind, Balao means crazy. And uh, okay. so they would call me Balao, you know, but because I didn't take to it as a lot of other people would. I didn't panic. I didn't fall apart. There was something in me that right away, it was like a take charge um uh, Whatever happens, you know, I'm going to be a man about this situation. And even mm-hmm. when I first got to, got to Banquan, uh, I remember uh, there was a, they had what they called blue shirts, which were prisoners oh. that, had, that had blue uniforms on and a nightstick. And, uh, oh, and they worked with the they, police. They, right. They worked as the police. And I remember while I was there, um, the, one of the blue shirts was stealing stuff from me right in front of me. We was going through my, my, my belongings. And so he wanted my locks. And, and I'm saying this story real quick because of the fact I wouldn't give him my locks. He decided that he wanted to try to hit me. And I caught his hand. And I said, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And he tried to hit me again. And I caught him again. The third time, I swung and I hit him. And I, at that time, it was about five, six guards, and people were coming at me. And I was actually bold enough to feel that, hey, and I felt that I could, that, hey, I could take these guys because I was a pretty damn right. uh, good fighter. But I remember one of, the Ger- one of the German guys said, John, don't fight. And I remember saying, F that. I said, I'm a man. You're going to respect me no matter where I'm at. And Lord. just as I got ready to fight, it was another little guard that grabbed me by the arm, and I turned around, and he said, it's okay. And he gave the command to everybody else to stop. And he set me down, you know, and he took care of everything of mine, you know, and that eased that. So that saying, that story, I never had a mindset of being defeated at all. It's, I always had that you're going to respect me type mindset. Now, to answer your question, down further down the line, as I had well, after I got caught, I learned a lot there. I learned a lot about the drug business, and I just, I was thinking at the time that you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be even bigger and better. But when I returned right. to the prison downtown Chicago, I had set up some deals and everything, and one okay. day. Uh, some things were going on between me and another person I was setting up some stuff with. And the thought came over me, John, you're not a drug dealer. And at that time, that's when I came down and said, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not a drug dealer. And I had to do a little line and everything to people to get out of those deals. But I got out of them. And that's when I said, okay, I'm not doing this anymore because 
I don't want to come back here, and I'm not trying to be back in this mess again. But it just came over me, and if there had to be my enough is enough moment, that was it right then and there. And I don't know where it came from. It just came over me, and I'm like, I'm not a drug dealer, and I'm not going to try to be something that I'm not. And wow. that's when I just let go of the notion and the desire to be bothered with it anymore. Wow. So if you are just joining, this is John Colliwell. Jesus. This is John Calloway, and I'm trying to tell you when he says enough is enough, he's explaining to us about his beginning and how he got in situation in Thailand and ended up in the Thailand prison. But just the prison system within itself and then having to come back to the States to know and realize that this is not something that he wants to do. Today, I, I asked him to come on because I know that we're all sitting in all different types of situations and we're looking at things, and the way that we're looking at things might not be the way that they are. Well, I should say no. The way, the way that you see in them is the way that they are. It's raggedy. It's people dying and all that other stuff. But there's a, there's a, there's a piece in there where we're missing because – it seems as if we as the people are still real lenient on things. We are still allowing things. Like even if I was to say the church, like the believers, the body of Christ, <laughs> I believe that the body of Christ has like we've become complacent, especially in the COVID and everything that's been happening. So even if you, you know, if you were – if you were an out-and-about person, always God is good, God is good, God is love, and sharing the light, if through the COVID you found yourself feeling complacent, then that's why I came today to say when is enough enough? When is it that we put these things down? When is it that we step aside from how we really think that we feel and go on and do what God is calling us to do? Why are we here in this moment? Why are we taking the things that we've taken right now? Because once we realize that enough is enough, you realize that you are enough and that everything that you need, you do have already. And now it's just a matter of changing your mindset, like I heard him say. And we're going to touch on that in a second. But I know that there might be someone out there that might be going through something to the point where if you are live with us, you can comment and put it in the comments and we'll be able to get it out there. But I want people to know that when you say enough is enough, it doesn't have to say that everything is over. It just says that what's happening right now is definitely about to change. You have changed your mindset to do something different about the same current situation. We all have rights to do it. And today, I think, is more prevalent to do because, well, I'm not sure where you guys are, but in Pennsylvania, you know, these people aren't sick anymore. We went to the restaurant today, and there was not a barricade anywhere, and even the salad bar was open, okay? So we are all the way back full-fledged to how it was a year and a half ago. Don't ask me how we did that. But this is why I'm saying enough has to be enough. Like, when is enough enough? When are we going to say something about the fact that I believe you still should have your mask on? I dig it. I understand that we don't want to wear the mask, but I believe that while you're in the restaurant and you're with me and we still don't know everything about everybody, I believe you should put your mask on. Enough is enough. How about that? Don't be free. Don't be free right now. You can't be free right now out in public. That's just me. Oh, John, do you agree? You know what? I should ask you because you are out in the bout. You are everywhere. You see people, I'm sure, everywhere you go. What's your consensus on the people in the sick? What are they what does it look like to you? What does the fact that we are no longer sick out of the blue look like to you? Are the people that you come in contact with are they still are they still sick? Like do they still have their mask on and are, are they all geared up or 
are they ready to go on as if I heard this lady say yesterday, things are going back to normal. I kind of want to just cringe because I was thinking there was nothing normal about where we where we left. <laughs> Look, there was nothing normal about the rudeness and the ignorance that we had left. So let's just say that we're not going to go back there. How about we just going to get better? But she's like, yeah, but I got to wear my mask. So you're out more than I am, probably in different states well, and everything. What does it look like to you? Well, it's like uh, last night I was in uh, Indiana, and uh, and I and I noticed uh, ever since uh, the the COVID thing started, even before we were all mandated to put on masks, uh, I went to Indiana one night to deliver a load, and I'd have stopped in a truck stop, and I was all masked up, you know, and I have a, a penchant for wearing black, and um, I had my mask on, hat on, everything, and I walked in to use the washroom, and and I walked in, and everybody was looking at me like I was going to rob the place. So when I walked back <laughs> okay, out. Because you covered up. You got your mask yeah, on and stuff. Right. And, and I walked back out, and I, and I happened to look up and notice that nobody had a mask on. I said, oh, I said, what, you, you guys don't wear a mask down here? And they're like, well, we're not required to. And this was before we were actually mandated. So I was there again last night. And uh, and I went into uh, a place, and I happened to look up. I was the only one that had a mask on. No one had a mask on. And I was like, okay. I, it kind of made me feel out of place. But even as I mm-hmm. entered the company, the company today, uh, I walked in, and I noticed that all the uh, equipment that they had up to take out pictures and all this stuff, uh, they had removed all of this equipment and finally said, okay, you're no longer required to wear a mask. Yeah, like, it, it just, it, to me, I think it just happened too fast. Like, I felt good when the man took my temperature today. Because at first, it wasn't, any, like, it was no protocol. Then, as he's talking to me, he's just like, okay, let me take your temperature. I'm like, thank you, because I want somebody to make sure that somebody's been checking somebody, because I know last week, people were sick. I'm sorry. And it's not so much that, it, it's not so much that I want to say it like that, but if we are going to do something, let's, in, let's embrace what it is. But you make a good point about the mask and going into a place where they don't wear the mask because you do know that throughout this entire time that we've been masked up, you have not heard anybody getting robbed or stuck up or anything. Like so out, <laughs> out of all the things in the world that people were doing, the one thing they were not doing was doing criminal acts with the mask, like knowing that they would be covered up. Right. You know, like like you said, you walk into you walk into an establishment with a mask on, they actually looking at you like you have to take all that stuff off so we can, you know, so that we can service you. And then now it's like everyone has the mask. So if you don't have your mask, you're looking like you need your mask on. They're like, so right. now I guess it's. Now there's going to be looking at that, that. Everything is so in the confusing state of one way we can do this day, one day we could do this, one person thinks this way, one thinks that way. So my question is when is enough enough? When do we stop? When do we fall I mean, back on God's word? Like when do we get good guidance? They say they, they sound guidance, right? You You start to figure out things. Not even for yourself. You start to look for groups of people because now you want to say that, especially in the COVID, with all the things that we had to do, like if you if you live by yourself, you were by yourself. There was a moment in there where I was alone. It was like, it was just me and my pillows. It, that was it. And my music. Like my neighbors were there. Because we all, like, we had apartments, and we were all, like, in the same area. But we weren't going anywhere. So it, that, became real, that became something different for even me. So to ask the question tonight, when is enough enough? How long are we going to really just not care enough to want to say, you know, I represent God. 
he is keeping me. He has kept me. He is sustaining me. And what you don't know, I would like to converse with you. Let's talk about what it is that you need to know so that you can understand Christ in all of the love that he has for you. Like, when do we get to that part where enough is enough that if you believe it, it you put it in every single thing that you do. So when people see you, they know. You know? Like, when, when do we get there? That's, that was my question. Like, when, like, John, okay, you, you, I don't want to say you're a pastor. Are you a pastor? No. I once used to study to be one, but no, I'm, I'm not a pastor. Well, okay, you're not a pastor, so that means you're not leading people. But now I've heard you say you, you just said you, you were studying to be one. So that means you are well-versed in the, in the word, correct? Not as much as I would like to be. Okay. Well, that's always something good because actually, believe it or not, we're learning and trying to figure out exactly where D-Block is going to go and where's the next step for the guy Gagoons because we understand that now there is a crusade. And, of course, you know, I, I'm, I'm an author now, and the Surviving Tough Times is providing a place for the guy Gagoons to go and read. So it all works in there together, so you never know. What, what, what you want to do, it can just manifest in even greater things because you will be leading and teaching some people that, wow, that look, wow. So meanwhile, I would say I was going to ask you about in the Bible as a reference to when God said enough was enough. Is there one particular, because I know there was a few times where God said enough was enough, and that's where I want to kind of, I want to kind of walk into right now because I know that there's people that are, you know, there's people that are waiting on Jesus' return. You know, that, that's the next thing. I think that if, as, if there's three comings, right, there's three comings, I'm, I'm, I'm working on my study enough so that we can understand exactly where we are as the people right now today mm-hmm. like so there's a moment in there where god said enough was enough mm-hmm. i understand about the first one they say in the beginning with noah right that was what he said the flood so now the next one is supposed to be the coming of jesus correct mm-hmm. yeah like when jesus comes back mm-hmm. now That is right here where I look at the church because, you know, most of of the church people that I know for a long time, they used to, when we were talking about things that were happening or things that were being dealt with in the world, they weren't really dealing with the things in the world. They were telling me that they were waiting on Jesus to return. And I used to ask questions. Like, I don't understand. Like, what you, okay. So you mean you're not doing anything now, you're not working on anything, and you're being mean and nasty. Like, because, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, I'm asking you for help. You're not helping me, and you're being mean, and you're being very judgmental. But yet, when I say something to you, you tell me that you're fine. You're waiting on Jesus to come back. <laughs> well, it, it seems like it's a it's an easy, easy answer out. I mean, you know, like, hey, I'm just waiting on Jesus. You know, I mean, uh, it's probably they don't know more what to say. You know, I mean, it's easy to say, hey, well, I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting on Jesus. And, you know, it, it, I guess for some people that helps put their anxieties or feelings at ease. Um, oh. Um, you know, that's, I mean, that's how I look at with a lot of people, you know, you know, they they really don't have an explanation, but for them, it's just their belief in that is so strong. Uh, I look at it like, say for instance, when uh, when they when the keto club when they said that uh, you know we were never eligible to come back home, I was you know listening to all the other Americans that were there with me at that time, 
and and everybody was panicking and and just saying all kind of things and I said no I said I refuse to believe that and I you know I grew up in church you know I, ever since a little boy I grew up in church and so it wasn't until later on in my life I decided to get in all kind of mischievousness and but the one thing that never had left me was my faith and no matter what I did I always you know had my faith to turn. even when I was game banging or doing things there were certain things with certain people that I wouldn't do because my faith wouldn't allow me to do it and uh, you know which led to me being called goody good two-shoes and I and part of the reason I rebelled because I got tired of being called goody good two-shoes but the whole thing, you know, when they said, oh, you know, we're, we're never going back to America, right then and there, my faith kicked in, and I said, no, I am not staying here forever. And I just had this feeling that God was going to get me through this. I mean, it was just ironclad. There was no doubt, no disbelief, no nothing. It's just I latched on to that. I believed it, and nobody could tell me anything differently, which is why so many people laughed at me uh, throughout those years. But it wasn't funny in the end when the embassy came and called all of us, uh, of us together and right. finally relayed the message that, congratulations, the Kilo Clause has been lifted. So that meant that we were all free to return back to the United States. But instead of everybody celebrating I was sitting at the other end of the table with all of the, the, the embassy and the guards and by myself, and everybody turns and look at me, all the other Americans that were in prison with me, and I just threw both my hands up in the air and said, oh, you of little faith. And that's just, you know, hey, for me, there was never like, you know, that was my, when they said, oh, you know, you're never going to return home, that was my enough is enough moment right there because I'm like, no, I refuse to believe that. I don't need to hear any more of that because that's not going to happen. So that's how it was for me, you know, in, in my ironclad faith. But for some people, I, I, I truly believe that it's a safety net that, hey, oh, you know, uh, you know, God, 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 you know, Jesus is coming and everything, and they just throw their hands up and say, well, hey, you know, we just leave it all in his hands. That way they don't have to deal with the reality of what's going on to say enough is enough. Yeah, but the reality of the reality is that no matter what they want to do and how they feel, if that's the case, then what happens is they might get left behind. Like we're not focused on the fact that everybody's not going up there wedding. Not that time. Mm -hmm. If we go in the Bible, what the Bible says. See, and that's what I started to realize. I was like, wow, okay. A lot of people are working off of what the Bible says, but then a lot of people are working off of what they've heard of stories that they've heard with different people that right. preach different things because they don't haven't really read it for themselves. Like, so there's a lot of other, there's a lot of different ways that people have like this relationship. That's why it's like, you know, the, the new thing now is we are the church, you know, don't let nobody tell, don't let somebody tell you something about church. Oh, this is, Oh no, we are the church. You are the church. And I'm like, I, I understand that we are the church and yes, but if we are the church, then let's make real conscious decisions and look at our church. What does it look like? And would somebody want to come to the church? You understand? Because somewhere down the line, if we can get our order back into, it doesn't have to be the order that it was. Because, okay, I understand that it wasn't always, it wasn't, correctly it wasn't put together correctly to make everybody be manifested in the manner that God had intended on us to do it. So now because of that, that right there tells you that you need to learn this thing for yourself. Because that means you have to be the individual to find out what it was that God made you for because each and every one of us are different in our own right. You can be a twin and be different in your own right. And when you rest on that and you understand it, when you realize that you're doing things that are not of you or they, they don't sit well with you, or you can be like me and just always be in the wrong situation. It's always bad. 
when stuff is always bad and things always happening, you got to start looking at stuff. You got to start asking yourself real questions like, what is really going on? What's the common denominator in this? Me? Me? Oh, I got to work on me. You know what I mean? You got to look at it and be have to have enough is enough moment. I remember the day I looked at my reflection and was mad at the chick I see, all the way upset, and had to let it be known. But that was the day for me that I realized that that was my enough was enough moment. And I really never looked back that way before. But, you know, that now when I look back, I have to speak on that because someone else, I might see that every day. I see at least one or two people back in that, in that where I was at. I see that at least one or two times a day. But it's it's like my duty that I I don't have to speak on it like you shouldn't do this or you should be you wrong for that or whatever. But I just speak life into that. Mm-hmm. I speak life into it because I don't I I don't know if there was in the moment somebody that spoke life into me, but I'm sure that you could even recall being in situations and not expecting someone to be able to be there as the present help. But when you look around, you see that they are. Mm-hmm. That's, that, like, that's how you know that life is not yours. And life is, life is set up and made up for you. Like, so mm-hmm. if I were to say to you, John Calloway, the day you decided that you were going to be the drug dealer that carried the drugs from across the country, you made a real bad decision because the day you found out that enough was enough, what you told yourself was you were not a drug dealer. Right. How long did it take you? How long did it take you to realize that Enough was enough. It was a few, it was a few years before I got to that point because, uh, you know, that was from the time I had been incarcerated in Thailand to that point, almost five years uh, had passed, and um, and and I, and I hadn't really thought about it because I, like I said, I was so so cocky and 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 gung ho about what I was doing, and and like I said, I don't even know what came over me. It was just one day I was just sitting down and 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 I was just got into a reflective moment, and then just said, you know, hey, this is not me, you know, and I I guess I just felt like because when you get into the business, you. It changes you. You end up becoming something that you never thought you would become. And I could feel that being that, that big-time drug dealer, trying to become that, trying to step into that those shoes, it was right. it was tearing at my spirit. And, and finally mm-hmm. to come to that decision that, hey, this is not what you were raised as. This is not something that you want to be because it's, it's taking you away from who you are. And that's what it was doing. I mean, it, it was really because I, I think about the things that I started to do and, and started to, uh, you know, getting hard with people in the streets and the things that uh, guys do, you know, uh, sexual favors and things that go on when you're selling drugs and stuff and, uh, individuals that don't pay you your money when they're supposed to pay you your money. Um, right, right. I could, I, could, I could sit down, I could think about a moment whereas there was a particular individual that owed me money. And I actually went into my uncle's home and got a thirty thirty high-powered rifle. And in broad daylight, I walked out the door, walked across the street in broad daylight with this rifle, went into the park, climbed a tree because I could see the person from some, you know, from uh, some yards away that it was in the park. I parked and sat in the tree. And at that time I was utilizing my military, you know, training. Right. And I'm about to say that military I, 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 training I, at its yeah, best. <laughs> I, exactly. I sat in the tree, 
got the, uh, the sights lined up on this person, and all of a sudden I hear a police radio. And I didn't move. I just looked down with my eyes, and right underneath me was a Chicago police car squad sitting beneath me. I guess somebody had saw me walk out with this okay. rifle, and they called them. And if they had a look, they, they would have seen me. But right. they were instead looking of looking you. up, right, they drove off, and I didn't move. I stayed there until they got well away because I could hear. And when they got out, you know, when they got well enough away, I climbed down out of the tree, took the, you know, the, the shells out of the, the rifle, walked back across the street, out of the park, in broad daylight, put the rifle back up, and I said, okay, today wasn't his day. But when I thought about all these things later on, I realized that trying to become a, a big-time drug dealer, this is what it had done to me. It was changing me. It was turning me into something that I was not raised to be. I never was right. raised to be a drug dealer or, or to be that callous at heart that I was willing to kill another man in broad daylight. You know, so right. You know, all that all that that came upon me that day in the prison. I said, man, this is not who I am, and I just didn't want to be what I wasn't. Well, I like and the I, fact that's that when you I knew. Right. I was going to say, I like the fact that you knew, but I also like the fact that you've been, you were raised in the church. So there's a situation where they say, like Proverbs 22 and 6, I'll tell you all in a second, raise your child up in the way that they should go. That way, no matter what they do, they won't go far. They won't drift off. And um, that's why, that's why what we do at Purpose Kingdom Network becomes so important because at the end of the day, it's all about knowing who you are and knowing whose you are. So your relationship becomes one of the most important things that you have to go with. So no, not your relationship with me or your, or your significant other, but your relationship with God. The fact that you know that God loved us that much, that he actually did what he said he would do, and that's walk this earth, talk this thing, you know, walk this, be the example of what it looks like to live Christ-like. Love on it, fix it, and fix it in love. The example of love on earth is what we have to understand and grab into. If you can understand that and you can accept that and you can accept that he was that he died and he rose again with all power in his hand so that you could be who you need to be and not be in the defeat of the cross or the grave or just being in the pit. Everyone has a moment where they ask God to come into their lives. And the way that the way that you ask i well you know i always like to say i'm i'm real i'm real personable when it comes to it i tell people in a heartbeat jesus is my homie so if we get to yelling and screaming we're yelling and screaming but it trust me it's it's him don't you tell me that god just talks in a soft voice i know that but when in my crib and he's talking to me we might be in here yelling laughing and joking i'm sorry but the same way I have my relationship with God, you have your real, you are having the ability to have your relationship with God as well. Right. So, it it and what we do, John, is we do the call of salvation. We offer a call of salvation for anyone who does not know or has never had the opportunity to know Christ for themselves. Um, now you are here and you are, you have, you have blessed us this evening. Would, would you care to give the call? They might need to hear that call come from you. I'm sorry again? I said they might need to hear that call come from you if you are prepared to give the call. Um, well... I guess I uh, would to give the call right now. You you can. It's just an example of the call. Like I I tell people in a nice way. You want to be sincere, mm-hmm. you got to be real. 
and you got to put it out there to the point where, as Antonio would say, the atmosphere is listening. So within the call, yes. No, I was just saying that there is a way. You see, I have I have the chaplain on the line as well. So what normally will happen is she'll come on in and she comes on in and finesses it. But um, I give everyone the opportunity to just kind of say, you know, God, this is me. I'm I'm coming to you as as simple as I know how as a sinner. But I'm asking and wanting to be saved. Come into my life. Show me your works. Show me your ways. And I do believe in that Jesus died and was buried and he rose again. And once you've done it, they say you got to tell somebody. And then if you tell somebody, they say it's like official and it happens just like that. And you'd be like, boop, brand new. Only in the <laughs> Only in someone else's world, but it doesn't happen like that, but it does happen like that. When you say enough is enough and you don't want to do it anymore like that, you don't want to do it alone anymore, you can say enough is enough and you can ask Christ to come into your life. And as simple as that, you ask, he will be there. Mm -hmm. Kathy, I want to make sure that we have some time for the announcements. Oh, man, I ain't even getting my announcement. Before I bring Chappie on the line, do y'all know? Well, I know y'all know that PKN has been doing some really, 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 really big things. But um, I am so proud to announce that we are officially now Alexa certified. Can I say it like that? What does that mean, Adrian? Uh, hey, Alexa, play PKN radio. And then it just starts to play. Hey, Alexa. Oh, okay. Look, my my Alexa's going to start chiming in in a second. So, yeah, guys, if you have your Echo or Alexa or whatever the apparatus is that you talk to in your house and you tell them to play your tunes and play your whatever you need to play, you know, now it's, hey, Alexa, play PKN radio. And enjoy the gospel music. Um, I, I, I must confess, I wake up in the morning and I just listen. And when I have to do work and the phone starts to ring, I just put it on mute. But then I go back to it because every time I go back to it, it's something encouraging me. It's something with a word in it. It's something there. Mm-hmm. Chappy. Are you are you with us? Are we getting announcements this evening? Because Praise if not, Lord, yes. oh good, okay good. I was about to say, yes. you know, I just be oh, telling people what to do. <laughs> <laughs> we bless and praise God this evening for enough is enough. We thank and praise God for our guest, Brother John. I, I don't want to mess up your last name. Please say your last name, sir. Callaway. Callaway. Like, like Cap, like Cap Callaway. See, that's all you had to tell me, because I love Cap Callaway. <laughs> 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 I, I bless God for Brother Don Callaway and his story and the amazing things that God is doing and has done through him and with him. And we also bless and praise God for Sister Adrian MS Understanding Allen and for all that God is doing with and through her. By faith, we want to let those of you who may have given your life to Christ this evening, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary where you can grow in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and heal from the trials and the tribulations of this world. But until until then, that's why God has PKN Radio Purpose Kingdom Network Ministries here just for you. Please join us tomorrow evening at 8 p.m. 8 p.m., y'all. That's right. It is the third, uh, third Friday of the month. 
You do not want to miss this anointed young man of God, Minister Bernard Marrow, in his ministry, By Faith We Good, at 8 p.m. right here on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. You can follow us on Facebook as well as on LinkedIn at Purpose Kingdom. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom. Please feel free to email any comments, questions, suggestions, concerns to us directly at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, to speak with you. And as you heard Sister Adrian say, we are now transformed into PKN Radio. We are excited and blessing God for all that he has done and all that he is doing. We are able to now broadcast the love of God, the hope of God, the salvation knowledge of God through uh, gospel music 24 hours a day. You can also hear the different ministries coming on at the 8 p.m. hour each night. We thank and bless God for all that he's doing. You can follow us at uh, www.pknradio.com. There we have an app where you can listen to the radio. We do have an app coming out, and as she said, officially, if you go into your Alexa, your Alexa Echo, or whichever Alexa device you have, and just simply say, Alexa, enable PKN Radio. Guess what, y'all? You will be able to be in worship with us all day long. We thank, bless, and praise God for that. Please know that we love you all with the love of Christ. We are praying for you. Sister Adrian, wonderful, wonderful job this evening. The ministry is back in your hands. Well, I thank you so much. Enable PKN Radio. Hey, Alexa, enable PKN Radio. Y'all heard it here first. I'm trying to tell you. When it's funny because I ain't going to tell y'all that Chappie said enough was enough, right? And, and because of enough is enough, child, we 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 moving on to bigger and better things. I'm trying to tell you, when somebody say enough is enough, you better start listening to what they're talking about because something inside of them has changed. And everybody has an ability to change in a heartbeat if you give yourself a if you give yourself the opportunity in that moment of clarity to change and you want to say to yourself that enough is enough, that is the first step in changing your life forever. Mm-hmm. Mr. Calloway, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for sitting with me. Um, I am I'm looking at some of my, my comments on uh, StreamYard. Because we did go live somehow, some way, and uh, they enjoyed you. They enjoy your story. You are, you are, like I said, you are something that people see on TV or think that it happens in a movie. And because they think it happens in a movie, they would never imagine that it would happen in real life. So right. the more that we see, the more that we see that it is happening in real life, we'll understand that maybe they made those movies because of someone's real life, mm-hmm. and we'll start to look. I at always them say never. I always say never say never because you just never know what experience you end up being in, being a part of. Well, I appreciate you for joining in with the Purpose Kingdom Network experience because. Um, mm-hmm. We started this thing five years ago when the world knew nothing but nasty hate, hateful messages, crazy, crazy commercials, crazy programming, and I've blessed God for Purpose Kingdom Network. Purpose Kingdom Network, I believe, started it first, put it out there, start giving people an opportunity to know who God was to know who God was for themselves, you know. And, and like I said, if you listen tonight and you were touched by something that Mr. Calloway said, John, tell them how they can follow you or give them, or you got to give them your page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can uh, touch bases with me. Uh, you can look me up on Facebook, John Calloway, 
of my uh, page, uh, which is Pimping Life, uh, which stands for positive individuals making progress in life. You know, uh, a lot of people, you know, get disturbed when they hear pimping, you know, but it was me taking a negative and turning it into a positive. So it's Pimping Life, positive individuals making progress in life. Well, y'all heard it first, Pimping Life. And and it ain't like that, but come on, Block. A lot of us have been some places and seen some things. So when you see it look like that and and it sounds like a sign, that means come on in. It's time to come on in because enough is enough. I will see you all in two weeks. Until then, God bless. Good night. Good night. Jesus bless. He raised me. I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. I will not lose.